Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're diving into a handful of topics from around the American soccer world. We're going to talk about the U.S. Open Cup final. We'll talk about Bay FC, an NWSL expansion team coming to the league next season, and their first head coaching hire. And finally, we're going to look ahead to some of the biggest games of the weekend. All of that here on the Backheeled Show in just 10 minutes or less because we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. All right, folks, let's get right into the meat of this episode. And to start off, let's congratulate the Houston Dynamo for beating Inter-Miami away from home. This game was in Fort Lauderdale. Houston won 2-1 in the U.S. Open Cup final on Wednesday evening. A goal from Griffin Dorsey, a banger in the 24th minute, and a penalty kick from Amin Bassi, who's been one of the penalty kick kings in Major League Soccer this season, put Houston 2-0 up in the first half. Inter-Miami finally get on the board via Joseph Martinez in second half stoppage time, Martinez scoring a goal in the 92nd minute. Houston, I have so much credit to give to them in this game They came out and dominated, and I mean dominated Inter-Miami in the first 45 minutes. ESPN Cesar Hernandez, who's a great follow for all things really American soccer and Mexican soccer on Twitter, posted a shot map from the first half of this U.S. Open Cup final that shows the XG from True Media and Stats Perform. Inter-Miami, no goals in the first half, just 0.06 expected goals. The Houston Dynamo, two goals in the first half off 1.78 expected goals. Houston shot map, they're getting shots from good spots. They were playing some nice free-flowing, some good transitional soccer as well in the first half of this game. It was a great performance from Houston. They did enough in the first half that they could ease off the gas a little bit in the second half, control their lead, ultimately getting out of this game with a trophy. What Houston have done with new ownership and Pat Onstat and now Ben Olsen coming in and really an overhaul of their squad being the single biggest impactful move that they've made as an organization coming into this season, getting players like Bassi in the team, revitalizing Hector Herrera, getting something out of Franco Escobar, a versatile defender. The list kind of goes on and on for them. Coco Carasquilla, a player that I'm surprised is still in Major League Soccer and playing in competitions like the U.S. Open Cup with the Houston Dynamo. So many quality pieces in this Houston team. I'm not convinced they're the best team in American soccer right now, but they have the quality to come in and beat anybody on any given day, which is part of what Major League Soccer wants. It's part of what makes the U.S. Open Cup as a separate competition run by U.S. Soccer so special. But man, the pieces they have and some of the ways they can combine and play together under Ben Olsen is a ton of fun. And it certainly was that on Wednesday evening. Now, the dark cloud over this game is that Lionel Messi didn't play, sitting on the sidelines in this game, hoping to watch his team lift a trophy. But he is still not healthy, which is a problem for Miami, as they tried to win their second trophy since he and Busquets and Jordi Alba and Tata Martino and the young South American talents arrived earlier this year after winning League's Cup. They tried to come in and win the U.S. Open Cup as well, but can't ultimately get the job done, which is a bummer for them, but it's still maybe slightly less impactful than the potential of making the playoffs. And that's another difficult situation for Inter-Miami right now. They have five games left in the regular season, all five against Eastern Conference foes, but they are not at 100%. Lionel Messi is still a game-time decision, it seems like, 
for this game coming up against New York City on Saturday. It's a huge game for Inter-Miami. Yes, they have some games in hand on some of the teams above them, two games in hand on NYCFC, but they are five points back of the ninth spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs, currently occupied by NYCFC. We don't know what's going to happen. The odds seem still stacked against Inter-Miami to make the playoffs, as they always were before these big signings arrive. But a lack of Leo Messi hurts. A lack of Jordi Alba right now hurts this team. They kind of needed everything to go right, and they certainly didn't go right against Houston. Credit to Houston for that. But they also may not go right to close out this regular season as well. A fun end to a fun tournament in the U.S. Open Cup, one that I hope continues to get recognition and continues to grow into a bigger and bigger part of the soccer landscape here in the United States. Now, let's move to some NWSL news as BayFC, an expansion team that will debut next season, named their first ever coach earlier this week. It's Albertine Montoya, someone who's been around the Bay Area for quite some time. He's been involved at the youth level. He's been involved at the professional level was in charge of FC Golden Pride in the WPS, which was a really a precursor to the NWSL. That was back in 2010 that he led them to a title. He served as an interim manager of the Washington Spirit in 2022, and is someone, again, that's been around the game for quite some time in that area. He's really a legendary youth coach up in Palo Alto, someone certainly with ties to the Bay Area in California. We're going to get to see what this new-look team looks like. Lucy Rushton, former MLS executive, putting together this project for Bay FC ahead of their debut next season. We don't know what this team's going to look like. We still are waiting and waiting to see more of what they're going to bring to the table. But one of the first and most important dominoes now has been established for Bay FC. We'll get to see now what dominoes fall after hiring Montoya and bringing him in to the club. Finally, to close things out, a couple of games that I've got my eyes on this weekend to start in the NWSL the Portland Thorns hosting the San Diego Wave. That's the top two teams in what is a very congested NWSL table. Just two points separating the Portland Thorns at the top from San Diego Wave in second, or then level with Gotham, who are two points ahead of North Carolina in fourth. You can go down the list with tiny margins between a lot of these teams. The top two teams in the league so far based on the table, but also teams with two of the top youngsters in the NWSL, Olivia Moultrie for the Portland Thorns and Jaden Shaw for the San Diego Wave. I'm hoping that we'll see both of those players on the field together in this match. Moultrie, a creative free eight. Jaden Shaw can play as a free eight as well, or can play as a number 10 more likely in a 4-2-3-1, or in the half spaces, which is also very possible. She's coming off of her time in camp with the United States women's national team for the September window. You don't get a chance to see two elite, elite young talents face off against each other too often in the NWSL at this point. I am hoping, again, that this is something we get to see this weekend. That's Portland Thorns against the San Diego Wave on Saturday evening. And finally, looking over at the Major League Soccer side of the equation, we talked a bit about Inter-Miami and their important game coming up against NYCFC. I do want to stick in the Eastern Conference for another game that I am excited about this weekend. The Columbus Crew hosting the Philadelphia Union, two really high-quality teams in the Eastern Conference. The Crew are aesthetically the best team to watch in the league right now. They're one point and one place behind the Union, and we know what they bring in the Eastern Conference. This is going to be a fun one. It's one of the highest-profile games that we'll have in Major League Soccer and in this country this weekend. I'll be watching, and I'm guessing lots of other folks listening to this show will be as well. Now, that's it for this episode of the Backheel Show. If you enjoyed, go check out Backheel.com. We've got a feature, a story with Diego Luna up on the site right now. We've got Rosterology from Sanjay Sujanta Kumar up on the site as well, predicting USMNT rosters between now and the 2026 World Cup. 
NWSL coverage coming. Lots more on Backheel.com. Go check it out and subscribe. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon.